Oh, 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early... Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. They're all completely gassed! They've given it everything on the global bucket! Here comes Jiggins! Here comes Jiggins! Jiggins making the play around Sweden! Jesse yes! Jiggins yes! to the line! Yes! And it is yes! Jesse Jiggins! So, uh, how did it go today? Pretty, 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 pretty good. Just when I thought I was out, pull me back in. It's time for the Mickey Plyler Show, here on The Roar. Tigers jump out to a huge lead, beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Gamecocks down Ole Miss. Clemson and South Carolina work together on an NIL bill, and ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers launch a sports streaming app. A busy Wednesday show, so let's go. Morning, sports fans. Glad to have you with us for the Wednesday edition of the Mickey Plyler Show. Wednesday, February the 7th, 2024. Hope all is well. Looking forward to a great show today. Dane Young, UGA.Rivals.com, joins us talking some Georgia football at 8.05. Andrew Oliphant, PGA Tour, Live Tour, coming up at 8.25. A busy show in which we'll discuss college basketball, including both in-state teams winning big games last night. Uh, the rest of the college basketball world from last night. Clemson and South Carolina meeting with state legislators about NIL. We'll get into that. We'll get into Clemson's golf team, men's golf team winning yesterday. Um, uh, some signings, uh, some major stars staying with their teams in Major League Baseball we'll get to. And this very interesting streaming platform with ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. But as we get to the producer of the Wednesday show, I'm hopeful the best day of the week still, Mr. Paxton Childress. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I couldn't be doing better. After last night, it might be the best day of the year. I thought about you last night, uh, and I was happy for, I was happy for Brownell and the staff, for the players, uh, families, for those longtime Clemson basketball fans. But I was happy for you, man. That's a, that's a, you love Clemson basketball. You you, you love Clemson basketball more than Clemson football. So that was a big deal for you last night because I've seen you hurt before and I've seen you went you know happy before. So that was great. Congratulations. Yeah, awesome, that was big. awesome deal. I can't believe they pulled it off and obviously only the second win ever at UNC in uh, 62 attempts now. So that's a historic one last night for everybody on the team that got to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, it was in segment two. We're gonna get all into it. Yeah, segment okay. two. We'll have a full recap. Right. Uh, and for those, if in case you didn't see it, the Tigers jumped out to a huge lead. That was part of it. Uh, whenever there's a, I used to talk about this in football. Whenever there is an upset, there's usually a um, a blueprint to an upset, and one of those blueprints is you jump out to a, a you get some early momentum because you got to believe a little bit. And after a uh, a two two tie, Clemson went on a huge run and was up fifteen to two four minutes into the game. Uh, came out, 
uh, Chase Hunter uh, made a jumper. Ian Sheffer made a jumper. Um, Joe Girard made a jumper. Uh, Girard made a three-pointer. P.J. Hall made a three-pointer. Uh, and P.J. Hall made a, another three-pointer. It, it's 15-2 to two with 16 minutes to go in the first, first half. So that was one thing. Now, you knew North Carolina was going to make their runs. That was another. Uh, but the Tigers had answers. I say mentally as much as physically, but physically they were really, really good. So we're going to talk about the wonderful night from P.J. Hall, 25 points and nine rebounds, an emotional 25 points for him. We're going to talk a little bit about Joe Girard and his five three-pointers last night, five of ten from three. But I think the player that Clemson's fans are, are really going to want to talk about today is Ian Shefflin, another double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds, getting it done. The Tigers got got, got some, some bench minutes, some good minutes from Godfrey, good minutes from Wiggins, and they, they got some, some contribution from you know Chase Hunter had, had seven points. Jack Clark started the game at, at six points. And it was just, it, it felt like that it was a physical, they uh, moved. You know what made it the biggest thing that I saw last night? Uh, maybe not the biggest thing. A huge part of last night, I thought the Tigers moved the basketball really, really well. And that's a good defensive team. They put up 80 on North Carolina. That, that team defensively looked, um, going into it, maybe the best defensive North Carolina team we've seen in quite some time. But the Tigers, you know, obviously played very, very well in the offensive end last night. So we're going to talk about that in segment two coming up, uh, which is awesome. Uh, Gamecocks got a huge win last night. They beat uh, Ole Miss uh, by uh, three. The, the Gamecocks won that one uh, 68 to 65. That's the 20th win of the year for South Carolina. Which in turn is a win for Clemson. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, I know the rivalry, yeah. but net rank like the the more wins South Carolina gets, Clemson having yeah. a win over them becomes more and more valuable. No doubt, no doubt about that. So we'll, we'll give a little, little uh, props. The twentieth win for Lamont Paris in South Carolina. Top ranked UConn won their eleventh straight game. They beat Butler seventy one sixty two. Houston, did you see Kelvin Sampson go crazy last night? Um, I did not see that. Okay, look this up. Kelvin Sampson, his team's winning by twenty in the first half. Uh, against Oklahoma State, he he rushes the floor and jumps a referee at the other end of the floor. He gets thrown out of the game in the first half. Houston wins by 16 against Oklahoma State. 13th ranked Baylor down 23rd ranked Texas Tech 79-73. 14th ranked Iowa State over Texas in Austin horns down 70 to 65. Kentucky got back the right side of things. 17th ranked Wildcats 109-77 over Vanderbilt. Uh, 18th ranked Dayton went to St. Joe's 194-79. 21st ranked BYU fell at Oklahoma, 82-66. Utah State at 22nd in the country. That was the losing team last night. They lost to Nevada, 77-63. 24th ranked San Diego State beat Air Force, 77-64. In New Mexico, ranked 25th in the country, went to Wyoming. Got a 91-73 win from last evening. In the uh, ACC non-ranked action, Wake Forest pounded Georgia Tech at home, 80-51. Of course they did. In fact, that's typical ACC, right? Tech beats Duke, beats Clemson, beats North Carolina, but then gets beat by, by 29 at home to Wake Forest. I'll tell you, Mickey, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Wake Forest is coming off back-to-back 20-plus win seasons in which they just didn't get into the NCAA tournament because they never really had quality wins, and they peaked at the wrong time during these seasons. They could never win in the ACC tournament either. I'm starting to think that this team's a little bit different, and you know, looking at what the ACC has done in the last two weeks – as a whole to just kind of uplift the conference's reputation, 
You're talking about a scenario where Duke, North Carolina, Clemson, and Virginia are all trending towards locks for the field of 68. And then teams like Miami, you know, you could even extend that to Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Florida State, and Miami, uh, and uh, NC State, rather, are all still in the mix. I still think there's nine ACC teams in play to potentially get bids. Yeah. And I think the ACC gets five or six when it's all said and done. But what a turnaround after we were talking just two weeks ago about a reality where if Clemson continues to lose games in conference, there could be a two-bid ACC situation. I don't want to call Clemson an NCAA tournament lock after last night's win over North Carolina, but barring a total collapse, they should at minimum be in the field of 68 now. Well, I, I would agree with that. The One of the things that we talked about in the last couple of days is that we're only halfway through the ACC season that somebody's going to pick it up and play really well. Wake Forest is one of those. Wake Forest had lost three out of four going into to last week. They, they beat Syracuse by 29. They beat Georgia Tech by 29. So Wake Forest certainly picked that up. Florida State's another one. Uh, the Seminoles got a win last night, uh, a one-point win at Boston College, 66-63. Uh, to But somebody, you know, Virginia has played much, much better. Uh, they probably played their way in here in, in recent weeks as well. They've won seven in a row now. Uh, no non-ranked SEC games from last night. We'll talk about that a little bit. Hey, Clemson and South Carolina get together and work uh, together in, in front of state legislators uh, for a, a change in the NIL laws in the state of South Carolina. Um, the the schools were um, together in, in asking the state legislators to give Clemson a better chance when it comes to state law. Remember, state laws are very important when it comes to that. We'll read you what Dabo Sweeney said. Got a chance to, to spend some time with Dabo and Kathleen yesterday at our, uh, our check presentation. Spent about an hour over there in his office. That's the first time I've been to his new office. Man, that thing's awesome. It's nice. Oh, man. It's huge. It's nice. Uh, I'll share a quick story he, he told us yesterday um, a little bit later on as well. Uh, the, the Clemson men's golf team won yesterday. Uh, they, they won the battle at Briars Creek down in Charleston. It's the uh, first win of the, the, and the first event of the spring season. So congratulations to Andrew Swanson and, and uh, Jonathan Nielsen, their teammates, and Coach uh, Bird and Coach Maxson. Great win there. You see where Jose Altuve and Clayton Kershaw looks like uh, going to end their careers with their long-term uh, teams there, Altuve, $125 million uh, uh, career or, or extension is going to end his career with the Astros. And Clayton Kershaw comes back for his 18th season with the uh, Dodgers. And then finally, have you seen this ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers sports streaming platform? Story? I saw the headline. I haven't seen the details of the story yet. They're gonna, they've announced plans. They're going to launch a sports streaming platform in the fall. ESPN and Fox working together. Warner Brothers working together. Uh, that will include offerings from at least 15 networks and all four major professional leagues. Uh, a one-stop app to view most sports should be welcome site for fans, according to ESPN, who continue to navigate the rising cost of subscription to multiple services. Uh, it, it remains to be seen what the price point will be through all this, but the platform will include NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, WNBA, NASCAR, and college sports, including men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments, as well as golf, tennis, and FIFA World Cup. The 15 networks are... ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN2, ESPNU, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, and True TV. So they're getting together, and they would have the ability to bundle Disney Plus and Hulu and Max with that. So just trying to find a way to create some revenue, generate that. We'll talk about that a little bit coming up. Um, besides that, how was your you've – been, you've been busy, man. Been on the road doing a bunch of games as of late? Yeah, but got, had a lot of broadcasts as of late and uh, does not let up. Got 
broadcast on Thursday, two broadcasts on Friday, and a broadcast on Saturday coming up. I like it. I'm very like blessed to be busy. Where uh, where you got this week? Uh, I'm at Furman tomorrow for women's basketball, then two upstate softball games, and then an upstate basketball game. Um, Furman men's team playing better? Yeah, they are. They're starting to play better, trending upwards. Uh, they lost to UNCG by two on a game that was on national TV, but they finally have their big three back in healthy and uh, trending in the right direction. Also, Richie's teams usually peak at the right time. And they end up playing their best basketball headed into March, so not really concerned about Furman. Um, today is signing day, oh, by the way, and the second signing day. We do not expect Clemson or South Carolina to sign anyone. Georgia is in it for a five-star with Texas A&M and LSU, I believe, um, a, a defensive back out of the state of Texas. And it's, we'll ask Brock, I mean, we'll ask uh, Dane Young about him coming up uh, at eight oh five this morning. So should be a lot of a lot of fun uh, on a historic night where Clemson. Oh, 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 I didn't mention this. How about this fact that the win last night, and we get all this in, in segment two for sure, but the win last night was the highest ranked road win for Clemson since January the 21st of 1976. And Faxon, I remember this night where Clemson went to Cole Field House, the airplane hangar, and beat Maryland, second-ranked Maryland, 82-77 in 1976. Sheesh. I saw I was turned on the uh, the broadcast last night. I usually turn on Don and Tim for post-game regardless and I want to say that Tim said that's the first ranked ACC road win of Brownell's career at Clemson um, was at UNC. Now, obviously, that's a stat where there hasn't been a ton of opportunity because, you know, playing a ranked team on and then having that fall on the road. And obviously, Brownell's beat plenty of ranked teams at home. But still, I mean, w- when you really delve into the numbers and you delve into the significance behind last night's win, not only does it likely put Clemson in the field of 68 guaranteed, not only is it the second win all-time at UNC, Brownell's first-ranked ACC road win in his tenure at Clemson, I just think that's such a massive win for the program. Oh, yeah. I, I really don't think it could be understated how big last night was for the program in general. And also, talk about P.J. Hall. A guy that, let's be honest, has outplayed him in just about every matchup of his career when they faced off. Has to hear from the critics all week about that first matchup where he got outplayed by Armando Baycott. Comes out and has a career showing on national television with everyone watching. Takes down the number three team as the leading scorer in the game. And puts himself really on NBA draft boards in the first round. I was seeing a lot more buzz around PJ on social media last night in regards to the NBA than I had in the couple previous weeks. Great win. Anytime you can compare it to Stan Rome, Tree Rollins, Colin Abraham. Anytime you get a little uh, Chubby Wells, Marvin Dickerson, little Bobby Conrad talk, Clemson basketball from 1976, yeah, we'll take that. But that's what Electric Giselle's team was beat in Cole Fieldhouse on that night. So good stuff there. All right, let's take a first break. I do want to tell you about my great friends at Patterson's Tax Service, P-A-T-T-A-X.com, pattax.com, 864-859-8289. Let the Patterson's Tax Service take care of you. Uh, the the uh, got a, a text already from Russell this morning. And uh, matter of fact, let me tell you. The text was sent. I'm not going to tell you that it was, it was a basketball text, but at 531 this morning, already at work, man, getting it done, filing your taxes for you. Uh, I had the text yesterday said, got my Valentine's Day uh, appointment with Patterson Tax Service. I bet I bet the Patterson Tax Service doesn't know it's Valentine's Day over there. So I'm going to remind Russell to uh, and, and all the guys over to get their, their uh, Valentine's stuff taken care of. Hey, get your taxes done. Get it done right. Don't forget that the 5000 I mean, the $3,000 uh, earned income tax credit from an earned um, uh, tax credit when it comes to the uh, home impro- I mean, you know, home efficiency. If I can say that right, energy efficiency stuff comes out now. That's a big change. 
in years past it was five hundred dollars for the for a lifetime. Now it's three thousand, over three thousand a year. If you added anything to make your home more efficient, energy wise, insulation, uh, exterior doors, hot water heater, uh, take care of that, and, and you can write some of that off and let the Patterson Tax Service tell you about that. Do it with the Patterson Tax Service. 864-859-8289. We'll come back segment number two with Facts and Childress right after this. Hey guys, it's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. You're scared. You cannot pay your credit cards. You cannot pay your medical bills. Someone suggests to you debt consolidation, combining them all in one payment. Can you really afford that? Is there something else you can do? Call me and see if bankruptcy can help you. Call me, Robert King. Together, we will look for a thoughtful solution to your legal problem. Thompson and King, 300 South Tower Street in Anderson. Call 222-0200 or online at thompsonking.com. Thompson and King is a debt relief agency helping people file for bankruptcy under the bankruptcy code. Did you miss out on your favorite Clemson sportswear? At Tiger Sports Shop, we still have your favorite gear from Lululemon, Nike, and more. With a full selection for all ages, you can continue to show your Tiger pride for the new year. We help you wear your Clemson pride on your sleeves. If you're short of time, shop our website at Tiger sports.com and either pick up your order or have it shipped to you direct visit one of our two locations in clemson today the tiger sports shop is all in all the time go tigers this is brandon davis owner of bcd services we're now serving anderson and greenville counties with hvac maintenance and new installs from a very young age i knew serving people was my passion bcd services mission statement is integrity excellence and respect that's exactly what you'll get when you pick up the phone and call bcd services you're not just a number. Relationships truly matter to me and my team. For all of your HVAC needs, call BCD Services at 864-940-4804. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from on-running, vans, UFOs, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally, go Tigers! If you're moving a loved one into assisted living and need a stress-free solution for selling their property, Samuel Property Group is here to be your guide. From home evaluation to a hassle-free sale, we handle it all. Let us ease your burden during this transition and receive your check in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today and fill out the simple form to be contacted by one of our team members within 48 hours. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. 
Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Welcome back. Glad to have you with us. Our great friends at Engineered Sleep and EngineeredSleep.com. We've been partners with them now for over eight years. It's hard to believe that uh, that we got our, our mattress eight years ago. Uh, right here in Greenville now. 333 North Pleasantburg Drive. We've moved since then. They've moved since then. 95,000 square foot facility in Greenville. You should go. You should stop by and, and test their mattresses out and see which ones you like. Uh, the, the problem with mattresses is that a bad one can leave you um, to some, some back issues and some uh, you know the, these these flippable mattresses that doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work. That's not how it works anymore. Now they got the ES Duo. You can solve these these sleep issues um, by going and seeing these good folks. I love their their high tech technology. Uh, it's a great friends over at Engineered Sleep, EngineeredSleep.com. Uh, go by and and learn more about what they do and how they do it. And I, I keep hearing from people who have them. Mike Vaughn's got his new one. Uh, we heard it yesterday. Did you see the story, Faxon, about? the NFL and uh, they checked the firmnesses of fields in the 49ers practice field. The 49ers been complaining about the practice field this week. Uh, Mickey, when I tell you I have less sympathy for anybody ever <laughs> about field conditions in the Super Bowl after what happened last year yeah, my Eagles, yeah. I have no sympathy at all. Yeah. The 49ers can cry all they want. I will be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So in this one, uh, I got a bunch of texts yesterday saying, well, Engineer Sleep needs to measure the, the, the official sponsor of the firmness of the field. Engineer Sleep, EngineerSleep.com. Go by and see those good folks. Segment two with Mr. Fax and Childers. Uh, segment two, Mickey, we got to discuss the obvious. 80 to 76. Stretch to call it one of the best wins in the history of the program last night at Chapel Hill. I really don't think so when you consider all the, the factors at play. I mean, when you consider the sheer impact that that's going to have on this season for Clemson uh, and potentially the coaching staff, some of the players, et cetera, I think that might be a top 10, top five win in Clemson basketball history last night. Yeah, I don't know exactly where it ranks. I will say this. I agree with you. And and I'm not sure. Everybody's all happy now you got two. I don't care about two. What I care about is this team, what it does for this team, and yeah. going NCAA tournament-wise and seeding-wise. And we talked during the break that, that uh, now you're seeing some six lines. Yeah. Where it was eight lines. You know, eight lines you're in. Uh, you get in that 10 line, you lose another couple of games. Whatever. You get in that 10 or 11 line, then you're all of a sudden you're playing and not playing. And, you know, you gotta, you know don't, don't screw up down the stretch, that kind of stuff. What this the, the significance of this game was to this team, because I don't care about the other teams. The other teams lost those games, won those games. I don't care. This is about this team and what it means moving forward. Great win. Historically speaking, I think you're right. It's one of. Had to go back and link. I mean, there's some great ones. Yeah. I mean, but, the but first one of. at the Dean Dome was great. But yeah. no, against number three, North Carolina, I think right. is what makes it more special. And not to take anything away from uh, Amir Sims and the rest of that group that went up there the first time. We did catch UNC in a down year. There's no denying that. UNC was 8-7 and seven at the time of that win. This time they were 18-4, and four, number three in the country, so a little bit different of a vibe and a little bit bigger of a win. 
considering what the expectations are for this team. But obviously, I mean, Mickey, I think the main takeaway, and it's going to be super painfully obvious, you got 20, uh, 39 points rather, and 20 rebounds from your front court. Uh, I think Ian Shefflin and P.J. Hall are the best front court in the ACC. And they just went toe-to-toe with Harrison Ingram and Armando Baycott, who I think are right there with them for that best front court in the ACC title, and they outplayed him. And the thing with P.J. Hall for me was... 40% three-point shooter last year, shot at about 39% in conference. He's doubled attempts and his efficiency has dipped, but the shots are still there. I mean, I haven't minded P.J. taking a lot of threes throughout the tenure of this little shooting slump because so many of these looks are wide open from areas where he historically shoots the ball really well on the court. I mean, if you've got pick-and-pop game and P.J.'s getting an open three at the top of the key, that's a great shot that you're living with as a coach, as a fan, as a player every time. And P.J. kind of broke out of that slump early to get Clemson started early in this ball game uh, with two threes. And Drawing Baycott out of the paint really allowed Ian Shefflin to be able to work down low and Jack Clark to have some driving lanes and Joe Girard to draw some more attention off the ball. And even though Chase Hunter only shot three for 12, Mickey, and and Chase Hunter catches more flack than anyone on social media on a game-to-game basis, five assists, one turnover for Chase Hunter. And he didn't screw up in a key moment, and he protected the ball when he needed to. I know he turned the ball over to make it 70-70, but Cadeau absolutely hacked him on the arm right in front of the ref for no call, and that was his only turnover of the game. So all in all, I just think it was a great team win, and it was a team that was bound to break out of this shooting slump at some point. Uh, Clemson's the 18th ranked offense in the country on Ken Palm right now, and they're shooting the three ball in the hundreds from an efficiency perspective. Only a 35% clip for the team for three-point shooting. I I still think we see that increase as the year goes on, and I told you when you get to this weaker run of the schedule, they're going to start drilling some teams by 20, uh, some of the lower teams in the ACC, when they start shooting the basketball a little bit better. Yeah, I I was impressed. Obviously, 11 threes were a big part of that. Joe Girard's five threes were a huge part of that. Uh, You know, P.J.'s uh, 25 points, Gerard's 21 points, a big part of that. However, I was more impressed. And, and, and the 15-2 to deal, that was great. But you knew the runs were coming. And, and when the Tar Heels tied things up, that's what was impressive to me. Not, not the fact, I mean, 15-2, yeah. Without the 15-2 start, you don't win the basketball game. But the most impressive part of last night was that you knew the Tar Heels would make this run. And they did. And and once they tied it up at 70, um, that the Tar Heels had a couple possessions to take a lead. And they never they never led through that. Let's just let's just be clear too. When PJ missed the front end of the one and one yeah. after UNC had Short, tied it at 70, it looked, I don't think any of us felt overly confident. All right. From that point in time, it's 70 apiece. They got a couple different possessions, and and defensively the Tigers gutted out there. Then P.J. gets a layup to make it 72-70. All, all this is in the final four minutes of the game. Um, and and the final, once the game was 70 apiece, obviously Clemson outscored them 10-6. to six. And Gerard's three-pointer after uh, an offensive rebound, um, or, 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 a, or a, not offensive rebound, the ball that was kind of a picked out where Gerard kind of got loose there, that was the biggest basket of the game. Uh, Clark making both free throws was big at, at that point in time too. But – that that answer to me, the mental part of that answer, because the crowd's going crazy at that point in time in the last four minutes of the game. It was, good, it was a good crowd the, the second half. The sense of urgency was there. The trial fans tried to pull them through. I was just much more impressed by the end of the game rather than the start of the game. And that sounds crazy because 52 is amazing. Yeah, and I was just 
impressed at the resiliency of P.J. Hall, right? I yeah. mean, North Carolina mounts a massive comeback. They trailed as, by as many as 16. Everyone on the planet knew that they were going to make a run. I mean, they're yeah. the number three team in the country yeah. for a reason at home. They're going to make their run. Uh, they make the run. They tie up the game. P.J. Hall misses the front end of a one-and-one, and all of a sudden— it's looking rough, right? There's under four minutes on the clock. North Carolina's never led. Yep. They've got the ball. Jack Clark comes up with a huge steal on Armando Baycott. And P.J. immediately is able to flush the memory of that missed free throw, gets an offensive rebound off of Chase's missed layup, and puts it back in for an and-one. In my opinion, that's where Clemson won the game. It was yeah. Jack Clark getting that steal? And once again, Jack Clark... He plays the ugliest brand of basketball possible in the stat sheet. He's never going to light up your stat sheet. But that six points and seven boards last night was huge. He had 33 minutes. He made all of his free throws, and he played great defense. So getting him back into the mix has provided a new element for Clemson because he's a big and physical body that can go up and rebound at a high level. He can help P.J. and Ian in the paint as well. I know he's not a great offensive player. That's not what I'm claiming. But Jack Clark was a really valuable piece to this team last night. He was third on the team in minutes, and he busted his tail all night on the defensive end. When did Ian Shefflin become the offensive threat? And not, not just offensive rebound threat, because the, the, the fan base has fallen in love with Shefflin, and rightfully so. This is a guy that we all want to relate to. This is a guy that's nowhere near as talented as some of the players on this team. But it's that hardworking, scrap it out, fight for every offensive rebound, fight for every defensive rebound. That's one thing. What we saw last night, though, was Ian Sheffley with low post moves. Ian Sheffley with 14 points. You're not shocked he got 11 boards. But, but a little surprise, 5 of 7, and he created. Sometimes, you know, his, his baskets are off of offensive rebounds or his baskets are off of, of uh, you know, some, some you know, his grit and grind out type, type things. Last night, in one-on-one situations, Ian Sheffer backs his man down and creates some his own offense. Five of seven from the field, four of six from the free throw line, 14 points, 11 boards for Shefflin last night. Mickey, all of, I mean, you know this from doing shows with me for almost two years. What is it at this point? All of last year, there were two players coming off the bench for Clemson that I banged the drum for on in the offseason and all of last season. It was Ian Shefflin and Chauncey Wiggins. And Wiggins got a little bit different of a role on this team Ian Shefflin, uh, it really can't be understated how great he has been this year. And it's not even just his stats. He, he's one of the only players in the country that's averaging over 9.5 points and rebounds per game. He's approaching a double-double range, actually, now at 9.7 points, 9.6 rebounds. But, Mickey, the efficiency is almost mind-boggling. I mean, 60% from the field, 55% from three, 76% from the free-throw line. In the first matchup against North Carolina, it gets forgotten because Clemson got beat by 10 and only scored 55 points. Ian Shefflin had 16 points and 11 rebounds. So he's faced up against a potential one-seed national title contender, Armando Baycott, who was getting Wooden Award calls, ACC Player of the Year calls at the beginning of the year. He's gone 16-11 and 14-11 and and in two matchups against North Carolina. And what that shows me, when Clemson gets in that NCAA tournament, if they get an unfavorable matchup, if they end up being a 7-seed or an 8-seed and they have to play a 1-seed or a 2-seed, you don't have to worry about Ian Shefflin rising to the level of the competition. He's a player that you can play against anybody in the country. He's going to be able to do what he does. And he doesn't need the ball in his hands or a ton of shots to be effective. But when that shot clock breaks down and he's got an advantageous matchup, you can play high-low with him. He can seal off because he's super strong inside. And he can step out and hit the 18-footer. He's just a, he, he's a player that everyone in the country would take on their team because of what all he does for Clemson. I thought the Tigers on the defensive end 
played extremely well. Last night, uh, Baycott and R.J. Davis go 14 of 35 from the field. The Tar Heels shot 36% from the field last night. Shot 33% from three last night. And, you know, uh, to, to hold – now, again, Davis is going to get his 22. Baycott's going to get his 24. But it took 35 shots for them to get that. And it's also ignored. And once again, the the narratives on Clemson and North Carolina both after the first matchup were entirely different. At that point, Clemson was like 11 and two. It was the whole team and season was completely different. Yeah. But in the first matchup, Mickey, it got forgotten because Clemson kind of laid a dud offensively. I, I mean, 14 points for Baycott, 14 points for Davis in the opener. Clemson yeah. had the blueprint on North Carolina, and then Georgia Tech executed it better than Clemson could on the offensive end. I, I do think that the blueprint is a little bit out on North Carolina and what they're trying to do offensively. What Clemson did last night, they sagged off of Harrison Ingram a lot. They said, we're going to dare you to beat us from three. He shot two of five from three. You know what? You live with those numbers if you're Clemson. Cormac Ryan hasn't been able to hit shots consistently over One the last of couple of months. Last yeah, night. he was terrible. He, I mean, Over six from three. Yeah, he was absolutely he terrible last night. Yeah. No, absolutely terrible. So, uh, once again, Clemson in key possessions got the ball out of Davis and Baycott's hands enough to be able to win the basketball game. Elliot Cadeau had to take some big shots and big moments. Cormac Ryan couldn't throw one in the ocean. And inevitably, you did enough to win. But also, I know Davis got his 22 and he hit some late threes. If you're holding a Wooden Award candidate who was the favorite to win ACC Player of the Year to 7 of 22 shooting. Yeah. You have a great game plan. You have executed fantastically. And Chase Hunter deserves a lot of credit for what he did last night, even though the box score might look ugly. Five assists, one turnover, was tasked with guarding R.J. Davis for the majority of the night and did a fantastic job as a point-of-attack defender. He was great. So, rebounding-wise, the Tigers stayed very close there. North Carolina 43, Clemson 42. Points in the paint, pretty close, 28-22. The turnovers, the, the Tar Heels, six turnovers. Comes to five turnovers. And that's something that Clean this— Clean game. That's what this team has become, Mickey. Yeah. I, I mean, this team has really embraced the identity of we're not going to turn the ball over. Yeah. Uh, top 30 in the country in turnover percentage. It's, it's a team that's had a little bit of a turnover issue at the beginning of the season as Gerard and Chase were working to get more of a repertoire as a backcourt. But as the season's gone on, I mean— Mickey, turnovers haven't been an issue in the last month and a half. I know Clemson struggled to shoot the basketball, but they're actually getting pretty good looks, which is why I knew a performance like this would come at some point. I mean, they, they're still bound to just shoot the cover off the basketball in a couple of these games down the stretch. I made the play yesterday's show. And, and let me, let me uh, facts, let me point this out. We had Red called in and said Clemson was going to win the game. Uh, I, and I told him, I wish I shared your optimism at that point in time. We had two texts that I read during the show that said Clemson's going to Chapel Hill and they're winning tonight. Now, to be fair, North Carolina's coming off of a, of a big emotional win against Duke at home. So you got them at the right time on a short rest for them after the Duke game. You like that. But I kept saying this. you got to change the mindset around here. This the idea about blaming officials. Last night, in the face of two bad calls that went the other way, Clemson came back and they answered in the face of those bad calls. And uh, for the most part, put it this way, we've gotten about 25, 30 texts so far today. Not one officiating text. 20 fouls for Clemson. 20 fouls for North Carolina. Uh, both teams went well, North Carolina went to the line 25 times. Clemson went to the line 20 times. What I will say, too, is when P.J. Hall picked up his third foul, three minutes later, Armando Baycott picked up his third foul, which yeah. was a big reason why the game swung. Uh, North Carolina went on an immediate 10-3 to run upon P.J.'s exit to get back into the game. P.J. Hall, let's not get it twisted. 
P.J. Hall getting his third foul and getting into foul trouble is the only reason that this was a four-point game. If P.J. Hall never got into foul trouble, I think that this paced at 10-plus the entire way. Um, But also, Mickey, it can't be ignored how big another foul on Armando Baycott was down the stretch. Uh, The big charge by P.J. And it's a risky play, right? It's risky. Because you you don't get that call at Chapel Hill very often. I know it was clear as day that it was a charge on Baycott and he extended the arm. But still, like a 50-50 block charge call in Chapel Hill, that's 80-20 to the Tar Heels. And P.J. took a charge. To my point, when when Hall goes for 25 and Jar goes for 21 and and Shepton has a double-double, the referees aren't the factor. The reason that North Carolina won all those games, 60 games of theirs, because they're the better team. Last night, Clemson's the better team. There was no officiating. You don't. You take that out of play. You don't yep. blame officials, and you go. You go play the game, and that's what Clemson did last night to that 15-2 start and to that seven, you know, 10-6 run to finish the game in the last four minutes. You took the game in your own hands and did that. And as a result, now you're celebrating one of the biggest wins in Clemson history. That's that's the mindset. That's that. To me, again, it's the, it was the the physical part of it. Physically in the paint, they stood up to North Carolina. Uh, emotionally getting off to the start, they did that. But then fighting and battling that crowd uh, uh, that was rising up late in that thing and to hold off and and to make the key baskets at the key time and to make the key stops, the key steals, the key rebounds at the key times, that's how you win and and, and ignore all the other noise and all the other blame game that they've done for years around here. Anyway, with that said, uh, I enjoyed segment two. Segment two was great. A lot of fun. Let's, do, let's, let's, let's talk about big wins more in the future. Let's do that, right? Let's do it, man. Short break. We'll come back. We'll open up phone lines. Love to hear from you. Basically, four open phone line and text lines. Text lines are already on fire. We'll get to those and much more when you come back right after this. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash sports. Ramp.com slash sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. At Carter Color Company in Clemson, you can get the Benjamin Moore paint that you need to finish any project that you're working on. If it's interior paint you're looking for, we have a great selection of colors and finishes that will complement any room in your home or business. Our Element Guard exterior paint provides protection against wind-driven rain, excessive humidity, and other harsh weather conditions, and with three finishes to choose from. Your home will stand out among the rest. Come see us at 1067 Tiger Boulevard, Clemson, or the web at cartercolor.com. So you're looking for financing on your next vehicle. AutoWorks in Greer has you covered with easy in-house financing and super-fast approvals. Low-down payments make life simple, and there's no need to drive all the way to the dealership. We can give you an answer in as little as 10 minutes. Just fill out our FAST app online at autoworkssc.com. With almost 80 vehicles to choose from, including trucks and 3 row SUVs, finding your vehicle just got easier. Kick off 2024 in style by visiting autoworkssc.com. That's autoworkssc.com. Attention business owners, soccer dads, chess team moms, and charity event planners. When you need custom weather patch hats, turn to Hat Flow Company. There's no order minimum, quick nationwide shipping, and unbeatable prices. 
order 10 or 1,000, you get the same excellent customer service and top quality product. Custom Richardson hats, beanies, low profile, performance hats, and more. Use their online hat builder to upload your logo, choose styles and colors to see your idea come to life. Start your custom hat quote at hatflowco.com today. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I think my battery's dead. With free battery testing and charging, we can help you get back on the road. Get in zone. So what if I need a new one? No problem. We have the right battery for your car, starting at only $89.99. And what about my old battery? We can recycle it right here at America's number one battery destination. Get in zone, zone. Restrictions apply. Chiefs versus 49ers. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? He's in for the touchdown! McCaffrey scores! Get in at 654-ROAR and let us know. We are the Roar. Friends over at the uh, Davis Law Group want to help you out. Workers' comp, you know, sometimes are you eligible for workers' comp? Are you not? What happened? What happened at work? How does that all work out? Get in touch with the Davis Law Group. Uh, Rick Davis has been doing this for for 40 years. And he, matter of fact, he's been on every uh, all those commissions and every one of those committees. And, and he's done everything you can do when it comes to uh, workers' compensation uh, and, and helped um, – you know, so many in, in this, this part of it. He's passionate about helping people uh, bring fair justice to local communities. And they're hands-on, by the way, with his legal process and how it works. They sit down from day one and listen to you and listen to your situations and see if they can help you out more. So, so uh, they, they, they're respected in their field. They respect other people in their field. And, uh, and it really serves this community is, is a big major part of what they do. Rick and, and the workers' comp stuff, let them ha- take care of that for you. Any kind of workers' comp situation – Davis.law. That's Davis.law. Greenvillians, fourth and fifth, uh, fifth and sixth generation Greenvillians. Good stuff from those good folks over at the Davis Law Group. Davis.law. Uh, let's get to phone lines and text messages. Uh, Faxon, if we can, we've got uh, you know a, a bunch of, of happy fans on the, on the text line. I'll let you pick a couple. I'll pick a couple as well. Texture8723 said, interesting to see if Clemson builds on this or lays an egg the next couple of games. Want to believe it, but been burned too often. I get that. I understand that. Here's the good news. And I did this uh, the other day. The schedule, I kept saying, man, you, you well, and, and the schedule's changed a little bit because uh, the, the teams have changed an awful lot. Like Miami looks nowhere near the daunting task that it looked when Miami beat you down in, in, in uh, South Florida. A few weeks ago. But from here on out, all right, here's the good news. You go to Syracuse on Saturday. Syracuse is 5-6 and six in the league. You host Miami next week, and Miami's 6-6 six and six in the league, coming off of scoring 38 points against Virginia. You get NC State at home, State 7-4. and four. That's a home game. You feel decent about that one. 
You go to Georgia Tech, who's three and nine in the ACC play. I know they beat you at home, but still, and that's on the road, but still three and nine. Very winnable game. Yeah, uh, Florida State at home, and, and they're seven and four. Pittsburgh at home, and Pittsburgh's five and six in the league. Then you get Notre Dame, who is two and nine in the league. You get Syracuse again, this time at home. The Orange are, are the uh, yeah, they're, they're five and six, and then Wake Forest. Now Wake Forest got a big win last night, seven and four. And that game's on the road. But those games and, – and those teams are going to change an awful lot in the next five weeks too. But there is no more – there's no more ranked teams on the schedule. And there is no more game that looks like the Tigers can't be – you know, can't win on the schedule. Of the remaining – is it nine games? Yeah, nine games left. And, Mickey, we said at the beginning of the season that for Clemson, the goal was to survive 13 and crush the seven. The first 13 games were always going to be very, very tough with how the schedule make. I, Clemson was the only team in the ACC that had to play five out of their first eight games on the road. They had the number one in-conference strength of schedule through 10 games in league play. That seems to be just completely ignored by the majority of the fan base for a multitude of reasons. I know everyone's overly negative about Clemson basketball. I understand the long-term frustrations, but the goal of the season for Clemson was always to get to the final seven games of ACC play and be in tournament talks because you're going to control your own destiny down the stretch. I mean, at Cuse is a tough game. Uh, playing in the Carrier Dome is weird. The depth perception there is weird, and they're tough to beat up there. I- I'm not sure Clemson's going to win that basketball game on Sunday. I wouldn't count them out against anybody in the country right now, the way P.J. Hall and Ian Shefflin played last night, but that's going to be an interesting game, and also you got the emotional slant with Joe Girard returning to Syracuse. What I will say, and it was a great point that you made, Mickey, about the changing in the schedule. Miami looks a lot more gettable now. Yes. Notre Dame with Micah Shrewsbury at the beginning of the year, you're thinking, hey, maybe he th- gets things turned around quick. Not the game that you once thought it was. It actually is kind of a must-win game on March 2nd because that could be a quad three or a quad four loss. Versus Pitt. You beat them on the road, you get a quad one win to start the season. That's no longer a quad one win. They've kind of fallen off a little bit. They had a big three that was putting up a lot of offensive production, but Pitt's had some issues, haven't been able to find a defensive identity. So for Clemson, my biggest thing down the stretch is, number one, don't lose to Notre Dame. If you don't lose to Notre Dame and you split your home and road with Syracuse, you're in really good shape because Georgia Tech, Florida State, Pitt, and NC State, those are four games that probably need to be won. And and Brownell owns Kevin Keats and NC State. I'm chalking that one up as a win now. All right. Uh, And the Wake Forest game at the end of the year in Wake Forest will be interesting. But I'd say the main issue right now with with nine games left, hold serve at home. Uh, you you you're gonna be favored. I did this BPI the other day uh, against Miami, according to ESPN, seventy seven percent chance of winning at home. Against NC State, an eighty percent chance of winning at home. Against Florida State, an eighty two percent chance of winning at home. Uh, against Pittsburgh, a seventy five percent chance of winning at home. And against Syracuse at home, an eighty eight percent chance. You have to hold serve at home from here on out. I agree. And Mickey, the way I love looking at upcoming schedules is like what this is just the way that my brain works. What what's the line going to be? Who's going to be favored? What's your implied probability going to be in Vegas that you're going to win the game? And when I look at Clemson's schedule, you have nine games left, and I think the Tigers are going to be favored in eight of their nine games. I think you're going to be underdogs at Wake, at Forest, Wake Forest to end the season because 
home road matters a lot more in college basketball than any other sport. Yeah. And Wake Forest is a really good team. The predictive met- uh, metrics love them. So eight out of nine games that you're favored in, yeah. I think the goal needs to be seven and two, six and three at the absolute minimum. You're likely in the NCAA tournament at that point, provided one of those losses is into Notre Dame. And then anything else you can get in the ACC tournament is cake. To your point, too, on that matchup indicator, that BPI stuff, yeah. that uh, the Wake Forest game is the only game Clemson was not favored to win according to BPI. I think that's going to be the only game where Clemson's not favored in Vegas going forward. And yeah. obviously Vegas lines, it's the line for a reason. Anything could happen. But I do think against NC State, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Pitt, Notre Dame, and Syracuse at home, I think all of those games, Clemson is five-plus point favorites and uh, in really good position to win some basketball To be fair, they were favored against Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. They were. So, you know, obviously Favored isn't an auto win. Right, right, right. right. Sorry, still got to go up and do that. Uh, Pick out a text to force or two. Let me get to Delvin first, 654-ROAR. Good morning, Delvin. Thanks for hanging on. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing, man? Fantastic. What a win last night. uh, It was a big win on the road. But I'm going to ask you – in fact, this which one was bigger, this win or the or the first one? I think the first one was the bigger just in, for people to start talking about the the losing streak. Well, I, I've got to go back and think about when it was. Um, yeah, that that was it. Again, I've never even when it was zero fifty six. I was never concerned by that. I was wanting to win that game for that team. You know, you can't go back and change history. And, and no one's proud of two and sixty now. I didn't know it was sixty by the way till last night because I never really concerned myself with that. Now, is, what does it mean to this team? And to this team, I had to go back and look at what it meant to the to that to the last you know to win in, in nineteen or twenty January twenty. So I don't know, uh, uh, Delvin. What what would you say? You said the first one. Yeah, I said the first one because because everybody because every time you tell me where everybody kept saying when are they finally going to do it? Now you can't talk about when they finally going to do it. Now they are they did yeah, it. Yeah. You can't talk about it no more. Yeah. Well, you know, no one was talking about this street last night. No one or or that that. Uh, Record last night going into it. And, and kind of, you know, you got to sneak up on them. This was bigger, maybe, because it was the third ranked Tar Heels. And this team yeah, needed that yeah, kind of win uh, to propel them to the NCAA tournament. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah, you talking about, like, I agree with you guys about the script. I know everybody said Clemson probably a lot, but they got to win games to be a lot, though. So we got to remember oh, yeah. that, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they got to win some games to be a lot, though. You know what I Because, yeah, that was it. But that was a good game last night from start to finish. And so. And I like how they didn't waver, man. I thought th- when they tied it up, don't get me wrong, I thought we were going to have a Duke situation, guys. Yeah. I'll be honest with y'all. When I saw the game, I said, oh, this might be a Duke well, situation. There was but a, they get some calls. Well, look, there was a, a a way to do that, but they didn't. They didn't cave. They fought back, and they mentally and physically got it done for sure. Delvin, appreciate it, man. Have, yeah, thanks ha- for Have a great day. You think the last night's win was bigger? I, I, yeah, I want to object a little bit. I'm not going to just say bigger. I think it's significantly bigger. And I know that that, I'm once again, don't take this as – I love all those guys on that 2019-2020 team. It was a successful season. That team, I, look, I just looked up to make sure because I was thinking, oh, that team might turn around. Well, that uh, team was only 16-15, but it's COVID Yes, well. yes. I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that's the that you, that you we have the right year there. Yeah. Um, but Clemson, if I'm not mistaken – actually, no, I think this was the year before they – this was the year before they made the tournament, Mickey. This is the year before, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there, uh, when they won and Chapel Hill – in 2020, that was the year before they made the tournament. They, I, yeah, I, I there pre- was no tournament that year. Yeah, they ended COVID. ended the year 16 and 15 overall, nine and 11 in league play. Right. Won the first game of the ACC tournament. Was going to play Florida State, and then actually it got canceled right as the game was started. Yep. And then they awarded Florida State that trophy on yeah. the court. Yeah. Um, but the reason I think it's significantly bigger is because of how much better North Carolina is, which was my point. Yeah. North Carolina, people forget. 
They went 14 and 19 and 6 and 14 in ACC play. They were tied for dead last in the ACC in 2019. Clemson was definitively better than North Carolina in 2019. That's why I think this one has more magnitude is because you beat a team that is likely going to win the ACC in the regular season and has a really good chance to win the ACC tournament. They're the number 3 team in the country and you went on the road to beat them after losing to them at home. The season was in a little bit of a skid. You had lost 6 of your last nine games I think when you combine the timing of the game the ranking of North Carolina and the impact it's going to have on the team going forward and just what that did to the resume I don't think it's even closer a question I know the first one is always going to be the best and you broke the streak and Amir Sims hit a moment that I miss a moment I'll never forget in Clemson basketball but last night meant more in my opinion just because of what Clemson has a chance to do going forward and what the aspirations are for this team regarding the NCAA tournament uh, Texas said it was not the COVID year. It was right before COVID. I was driving down to New Orleans for the Natty. No, it was the COVID year. The ACC basketball tournament in 2019-2020. Clemson won in January of 20 in Chapel Hill uh, in overtime, 79-76. And then the ACC tournament was canceled in March, was, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. It was canceled due to COVID. Because Florida State went 16-4 and in the ACC that year, 26-5 and overall, and they were the one yeah. seed and they awarded that to them because they were the regular season champions, so they just gave it to them uh, at the tournament. Right. Now, again, you were in New Orleans like we were, and I, I talked about the game last night, and that's, that, that was pre-COVID there. The end of the season was affected by COVID. Remember, it was March of that year where we went crazy about COVID through all that. We can talk about that for uh, – rewind that over and over again. Anyway, uh, great win last night. You got a text for me over there? Anything stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, a couple texts. Um, the one text was that I thought was funny was uh, call out all the Clemson football fans that root for UNC or Duke basketball and <laughs> how last night was rough for them. I thought that one was really funny. Uh, and uh, a couple more to get to. Just a texter asked if it was a concern that Hall, Shefflin, and Gerard overwhelmingly made up the majority of the point production last night for Clemson. And I would say that that's actually a pro and not a con. And my point to that text would be, if you have a big three, and that's what Clemson has really established, is I think that Gerard, Hall, and Shefflin have become a true big three. If you have a big three that's capable of putting up 25, 21, and 14 uh respectively, against the number three team in the country in a true road game and beat them, I think that's a testament to the fact that you have true, legitimate star power at the Power 5 level that can compete with the best teams in the country. If that's not an encouraging notion headed towards March, I don't know what is. I mean, if you get into March and P.J. Hall can score 25 points in a game, you can beat anybody in the country, and that's not an exaggeration. You have to have a guy like that that you can feed and say, hey, go get me 20-plus. Clemson's got two of them, and they're pressure cookers in different ways. P.J. can beat you inside. Joe can beat you outside. They can run that pick-and-pop game, which was so effective last night, and they've got a couple different ways to beat you is it as simple though as joe has to shoot the basketball well for clemson to play well maybe maybe not um you know on, on the games he's played well clemson tends to play better and, and, and there's all kinds of other catalysts for that but that's a huge part of what they do when they built this program around this season 36 37 says on adams and Kirby text line i was at my first game in chapel hill last night i won't go again so i can die saying that i never saw the tigers trail in chapel hill <laughs> yeah. never trailed the entire game uh, what were your, when it was 15 to two, what are you thinking? I mean, when I was 15 to two, I was thinking we need to be up double digits at half. I right. mean, 
broadcasting games has kind of adjusted the way that I view things. I, I, I view the games in four-minute chunks. Like, I'm always just thinking, when's next media? What, what position do we need to be in at next media? Right. And every four minutes, we just kept surviving in that first half, man. The most concerned point of the game for me wasn't necessarily when it was 70-70. to 70. It was when UNC went on a 9-2 run to close the first half and cut that 16-point lead to 9. That's when I got a little concerned because you knew they were going to come out firing in the second half. But it was just... It was unlike anything I've ever seen from Clemson basketball. Every single time there was a storm to weather, they weathered it. And whether it was Shefflin inside or whether it was P.J. making a play and getting yeah. to the free throw line or Joe hitting a three from freaking Pendleton, it didn't matter what it was in the moment. Those guys were on a different level last night, and they were the better basketball team, and they deserved to win. No doubt about that. Hey, let me tell you about my great friends at Trail, T-R-E-H-E-L.com. Trail builds... Uh, on a on a variety, they don't build single family homes, water treatments, or dams. They build everything else: commercial, faith based, industrial, multifamily, healthcare, education, municipalities, adaptive reuse, nonprofits. If you are on a school board, if you are a, a member of a of a committee uh, in your in your town, in your city, city council, so stuff like this, you know that there's tons of great looking buildings. The, the Clemson Police Station, the the parking deck at Clemson, uh, the the library, uh, Greenville County Sheriff's Training for Centers. Uh, Carolina uh, Wren Park, Malden City Hall. Uh, you you probably know someone in law enforcement or in your you know if you're in that field and thinking about building that way or you know uh, the municipalities and town halls. They built the town hall in in Central and Pendleton and uh, built built for the town of Central, built for Clemson, built for Pickens County, Oconee counties. School projects all over the place. Uh, so municipalities let them talk to you about the you know their libraries. They're, they're, they did the uh, Robbins Air Force Base. They've done so many great things. Check them out online to see about that and what it looks like. It's um, and get in touch with the folks at the city of Easley, city of Clemson, city of Seneca. They've done all that. T R E H E L dot com eight hundred three one nine seven thousand six eight hundred three one nine seven thousand six for that better building experience. An open phone line hour when you come back for hour number two right after this. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar. 